Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Okay, so today we have the uh, team from uh, Bengali startup Guru Ghash on the team. And thanks for coming on, guys. It was our pleasure. Of course. Thanks for having us. So I know what Guru Ghash means, right? But wh- why, why, uh, where did you come up with that name for your clothing brand? Um, so back in 2014, when uh, we wanted to start the brand, you know, it started as a, as a poster company. So me and my friend Rafe, we started a poster company where we sold posters online, wall posters online. And we wanted to have a unique name and we were trying to figure something out. And then Rafe suggested Guru Ghash, which was his Instagram IG handle. It literally doesn't mean, make any sense. He just came up with it. He named it that. And we figured we might as well name our company Guru Ghash. And uh, the main reason behind keeping that name is uh, it uh, intrigues people all the time. It makes people ask questions and uh, they sort of remember the name. They never seem to forget the name Guru Ghash as a brand. Yeah, it has a good ring to it. And how did you guys form? I'm really fascinated about startup culture in Bangladesh just because uh, I don't know if it's still considered a third world country, but it's close. But there's still so much activity in the startup scene right now. So I'm fascinated by that. How did you, you know, how did you get started? Uh, you know, and why, why, why fashion? So we didn't start off with fashion at first. It was like I said, it was a poster yeah. company, but we moved on into fashion in 2017. That's when Fahim and Ali came on board as well. So uh, the reason why we moved into fashion, I don't really have an answer to that. I don't know why we actually got into fashion. That's something we really wanted to. Ali was uh, and uh, he was getting into blogging, fashion blogging. So uh, that really helped. And Fahim, he he was my cool friend back school so i got fahim on board ali was a fashion blogger and we thought that fashion is probably a good idea to start a company again and ali was, your, ali was ali's blog ali was your blog in english or bangla oh it was in english it was it was a long time ago basically it was solely on instagram and i used to write articles on my blog so yeah it was it was something that i was really passionate about and i believe at the time when we formed gorukhash as a fashion brand there was a big hype for fashion as well that was you know that we recognized and we wanted to be a part of what are the big brands in Bangladesh like I what are like the brands right now like kids that kids like like what are their popular brands in the fashion space or yeah. like in general in the fashion space okay uh, in the fashion space uh, we've had some big names for a while say Arum or oh, Cat's Eye uh, even so these have Excess been around for decades to an extent by now so they've always been popular but in the newer startup space we have a lot of brands popping up as you said there's been a lot of activity so thankfully we've had a good response so far we also have a lot of counterparts who are getting a lot of attention so uh, currently it's a very exciting time for the fa- fashion space in Bangladesh so those brands still, you mentioned are they Bengali brands are they from Bangladesh or are they from another country they're, they're from Bangladesh they're from Bangladesh Okay, yeah, I love that. So it, would be, it would be unfortunate if it was from another, from another country, right? Because I think Bata's, I, I wish everybody shocked to find out that Bata is not even a Bangladeshi <laughs> brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was 15 years old when I found that out. Really, it's Canadian, right? It's Canadian. Yeah, I think it's Swiss, maybe Canadian. I think maybe it was Swiss, maybe it's not Canadian, something like that. But it's definitely not Bangladeshi. And, and yeah. I think that's so unfortunate. Why is Bata so popular in Bangladesh? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar in Pakistan as well, I think. I mean, mm. Bata is very popular in this 
region? It's the durability factor, I believe. Mm. Like you can make a pair of Bata sandals go mm. for years. There's mm. nothing mm. happening to it. And I also believe as we were growing up, there were a lot of Bata stores. So Yeah, I mean, you everywhere you go, you, you see Bata. You were all to go to Bata to shop. Gotcha. Yeah, they have extreme penetration. The other thing I, I mean, I, I noticed is that the perception, I always found interesting in Bangladesh, the perception of Asian goods is really, really low. Like they really don't like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like stereotyping, but people really don't like clothing or, or, or merchandise from China. Is that is that still the case? Merchandise from China. Yeah. Like China, people say China mall or like just uh-huh. things for China. Yeah, but, it, but in terms of fabric like china's like the best in making fabric so i'm not sure if uh if that's the case for uh fabric or um, clothing but in terms of let's say mobile phones like people technology yeah people would prefer a samsung made in korea or uh, taiwan over a samsung made in china so i don't know why though but it's it's sort of like like you said china model it has gone to that so people do prefer uh, products made elsewhere compared to china Mm -hmm. interesting so talk about some of the logistical challenges uh, logistical challenges of shipping like so i I, one thing again i went to balance in 2014 and just getting around was such a problem with traffic and just congestion and i saw on your website you shipped to 25 different cities I think, uh, or correct me if I'm wrong. And how? So, talk about some of the logistical challenges of that. Okay, so we uh, we deliver all over Bangladesh. So, the 25 wow. districts that is we uh, delivered to doorstep to 25 districts of the country. So, the main challenges that we face in terms of logistics would be outside of Dhaka. So like inside Dhaka, we don't really have much of a problem. Goods get delivered mm-hmm. under 24 to 48 hours. Uh, we even provide same day delivery if the customers want. But in terms of outside Dhaka deliveries, that's that is when uh, the timing is an issue because uh, the infrastructure is not well built for two-day delivery outside Dhaka. Maybe in Chittagong it is the case, but the other smaller cities, they just don't have the infrastructure for product from Dhaka to get delivered to, let's say, somewhere in Rajshahi in under two days. So that is definitely an issue. So what do you use? Um, is it, uh, what's, what form of transportation do you use to deliver? Uh, well, uh, so, for okay, inside fine. Dhaka, like for inside Dhaka, we have basically people on bikes delivering it, so they're pretty fast. But uh, when you're going to district, you have to send them in bulk. We have these different courier companies here who do that in bulk. So they usually sell it, uh, send it to like, huge trucks. Uh, now the issue with outside Dhaka, more rural, less metro areas, is that we don't have a very strong road network to the last house, mm-hmm. perhaps. So in those cases, people usually have to come to nearby branches of the courier company, perhaps. Mm. So the 25 cities you mentioned, those are places where we can get it right to their doorsteps. In other cases, people have to come to those common areas to get their products. And that is the case with the entire e-commerce space. So all the other e-commerce companies that we have, they're delivering it in the same way. So that's perhaps one of the logistical challenges that all of us are facing right now when it comes to providing customer with the ultimate convenience. In the less metro areas, we are facing that challenge. Apart from that, uh, there's also this culture of cash on delivery in Bangladesh. So whereas in America, perhaps you'd have somebody from Amazon just leave it on your doorstep because it's either been paid for or you'll pay for it through your card sometime later, maybe. But in Bangladesh, people prefer cash on delivery. So when you're delivering something, it's absolutely necessary that the person is there themselves. So you have to mm-hmm. match timings very precisely, yeah. which so leads that's to some where the inefficiency comes. Wow. Yeah, so so uh, I, I also believe that one of the biggest advantages that Bangladesh has and it honestly benefits startups like ours is that there's the pickup service. So basically, you don't have to go to a place to, you know, drop your things off. Instead, the delivery company's agents, they drop by your place and 
collect the product and then have it delivered. They take it to the hub. You don't have to go to the hub. You know, you don't have to go to a FedEx hub and mm. drop it off. Instead, it gets picked up. So while there are drawbacks, I believe one of the biggest uh, advantages that we have is the fact that products can be picked up. It makes a, a lot of things very convenient and much faster. Okay. Uh, what sort of volume are you guys doing now? So right now, let's talking about a non-festive month. Let's say if it's not an Eid month or a winter month, it can go anywhere from uh, 20 to 30 packs a day. Wow. Packages. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So to talk about the team. I know. So I know Nahian, we, we spoke and, and um, Ali, we spoke a little bit. Just talk about team. You can start with Nahian. Hmm. Talk about your background and how, you know, what, what you did before this. So... I studied in Scholastica and so I started Gorgas back when, when I was still in high school. So after I graduated from high school, I was also part of this organization called Footsys Foundation. Uh, that was basically a social business. It's still running, but I'm not a part of it anymore. Other than that, I have worked at a radio station for four years. I was a radio jockey. So I used to interview people. Uh, I used to have my own music show. So mm. other than that, Gorgas, Footsteps and like being a radio jockey, that's pretty much it. And I studied computer engineering in North South. Wow. Fahim? Uh, well, we have the same schooling background when it comes to high school. So I went to Scholastic as well. That's where we actually met. And after school, I actually got into a business school. So I got a BBA and I basically got on board with Gorukhash like roughly halfway through my degree around 2017. So when Nahian and I got to talking about it, whilst we were going to our dermatologist, we had a really bad case of acne, like a really bad case. So on one of those trips, we actually had this conversation. And uh, yeah, apart from that, I wasn't really involved with any businesses or anything of that sort uh, at that time, but I really wanted to get into the business space. Basically, my whole family is of business people. So I didn't really see myself in the long run, being an employee or something, I always wanted to have something of my own. So that's how I got on board with Gorukash at that time. And uh, after that, uh, I've, I also maintain a job alongside Gorukash at the time being, going to some practical circumstances. But yeah, I'm hoping to get on board with entrepreneurship entirely very soon. What's your day job? What is your day job? Uh, uh, my day job is working at a telco company as a management trade. Ali? I have a different schooling background. I am from Aga Khan School and I met Nahian in university. And yeah, as for sure. Fahim, we used to do coaching together. So that is how we met. Fahim and I never spoke a word until uh, we actually formed Guru Hush. <laughs> we were in the same year as coaching, but we never got a chance to talk. And in university, of course, we met, uh, I met Nahian. We were a part of the same club and the same friend circle as well. So that is how I got to know them both. Apart from that, I studied electrical engineering. And as I was, you know, transitioning from school to university, I always wanted to do something in the field of fashion. I wanted to be a stylist initially, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I tried my hands on multiple businesses before, you know, Gorukhash actually worked out. Those were frugal attempts. Um, they didn't work out as well. I didn't put in as much effort as well. But those experiences actually helped me get an idea of what it could be like and, you know, further build my interest. So that, that was fun. But when Nahian approached me, it was like the best opportunity for me to you know get into fashion it was something that i actually genuinely wanted to do so that's my story and now you work for chewy right yes at the moment i'm working for chewy i've recently moved to the united states and working for chewy and hopefully slowly we can transition into establishing gold Hush here nice one thing both uh, ali and fahim you both mentioned is you know wanting to get into entrepreneurship uh, and tell me if i'm wrong because my views may be outdated but outdated but i always felt like in bangladesh 
wish people's perception toward business was, was negative, like Bepshakore, like I would think that a lot of parents in Bangladesh try to steer their kids to jobs, specifically government jobs. Um, what do you think about that? Has that perception changed? I, I believe that it's still there because a lot of parents want stability for their children and hence they encourage them to do jobs. So I believe that it's still there. However, things are changing and it's a, it's a good thing when children, they start early with businesses. That way, the, you know, they have enough time to actually work on establishing it. And by the time that they, you know, graduate, they can establish a good enough business and, you know, give their parents a good enough reason to opt for that field, that career. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the concept of stability is still there in Bangladesh. And parents, a lot of parents do encourage, you know, their children to work. But I, I believe that we were lucky enough that our parents gave us the opportunity to, you know, they didn't uh, let us dictate our lives. They, in fact, you know, encouraged us to do whatever we wanted. And that actually gave us the courage and it encouraged us basically to opt for uh, starting a business. How about you, Fahim? You said you meant your family's in business, but did you get pushback from them in you uh, know, get doing something? There's a tricky answer to this, but how do I put it? We are a risk-averse nation in general. We like to play it safe. And obviously, business is high stakes. So my family has seen both the pros and the cons of business. So they have had they have taken risks that worked out and ones that didn't. So they generally want uh, you know more safe more secure option for me to an extent. However, they have seen that, you know, more and more people are getting into business and thankfully our ecosystem is getting better as well. Like perhaps when they did their, they started off their businesses maybe 20, 30 years ago, the client was a lot different from what it is now. But thanks to the internet and the social media, it's a lot easier for businesses to like you know, make their way up. Whereas maybe two, three decades ago, you need to make a lot of networks with like very powerful people, very political people perhaps to get your business to a certain stand. So I'm definitely seeing a shift here. And I think both Ali and Ayan can vouch for that as well. And what's interesting is that this generation, like even people say maybe 10 years older than us, they themselves are getting into business. You'll see tons of um, Facebook pages which start off with say yeah. moms who previously were just homemakers. Now they're like making stuff and selling them. Yeah, online. They're selling it. food. They're bringing in clothes from say India or Pakistan and selling them. And people are getting a very good response here. So overall, people in Bangladesh are seeing that, you know, business work but from home. From the comfort of your home without maybe sacrificing as much time as you do with a nine-to-five job. You get more flexibility, you get good returns. So we're definitely seeing a shift there. And as for my family, as I said, they've seen both pros and cons of it. So they are cautious, but of course, they are starting to see the merits of it as well. Because it, uh, at the end of the day, we all want to do something that's fulfilling to us. And if risks come with it, I, I think that's something that you have to take as part and parcel. I risk how you are. Yeah, and without getting into specific politics or political parties or anything like that, do you think with Bangladesh a you know a business friendly nation? On the opportunity side, it definitely is. We're a country. At the very beginning of this conversation, you were confused whether we're a third world country anymore. We're actually <laughs> moving up. So more and more people are moving into mm, the yeah, middle middle class uh, income yeah. uh, bracket. So these are people who want to spend money. And let's face it, making money is hard. People get miserable, and they also want to spend that money. So we definitely have a lot of opportunity where people want to buy a lot of stuff. So for any business really right now, food and fashion are booming. Like we have new restaurants popping up in different places of the town all the time. We have cloud kitchens and so on. And all these fashion brands, that's because there's a demand for it. So on the demand side, it's actually a very business friendly country. On the whole legal and political part, the infrastructure perhaps isn't ready to, there's a lot of bureaucracy still. 
Yeah, let's call it spade a, spade. a lot of inefficiencies in the public side yeah. sector. So that can be a bit frustrating. It could be time consuming, but the government is actually trying to streamline that out. I don't know if you're aware, very recently, the government formed its very own startup fund. And they actually mm-hmm. funded like eight startups recently. Uh, Pata was one of them, Intelligent Machines, uh, Sheba, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So the government is actually paying attention to the sector that, okay, mm-hmm. you know what, we need to encourage businesses in our country. Because this is where we're making money. We can't rely on MNCs coming in and boosting the economy all the time. So I believe Bangladesh is actually going towards a more business-friendly landscape. Okay. It's question for Nahian, and uh, we were just talking. You were just talking about outside investment. So I'm curious. So what's your perception to outside investment versus you know investment from within Bangladesh? I'm sure right now you know the person that we met you know from he's doing a lot of VC work and bringing in a lot of funding from outside of Bangladesh. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. in uh, of uh, just you know all this all this um, funding coming in from the outside, but with that comes a lot of expectations too, right? Yeah. Um, and also outflow of capital going back to those investors. So what are your thoughts on that as a founder? I feel like, I mean, like you said, like when the money's coming from abroad, like you have all these big VCs uh, investing in you, but they also have these big expectations that you you want the company to make X amount of uh, returns at the end of the year or in two years or three years. So I feel like it's it would be ideal if the con- uh, the money's coming from Bangladesh, uh, where uh, because the investor, they themselves know the, the situation of the country. Maybe someone um, who's investing from abroad, they are not entirely sure about Bangladesh's um, uh, infrastructure or the way how businesses work here. But when the investments coming from Bangladesh, maybe they're a lot more understanding. Uh, maybe they give a, a little bit more time and effort uh, into and letting the business grow. So uh, I feel like I would definitely, as a founder, uh, I think it would be ideal if the money is coming from Bangladesh. But then again, Bangladesh does not also have the, the, the proper funding institutions yet. I mean, it's it's growing. Uh, I think there is definitely a very good future. But as of now, it's still at the growth phase. So we need a lot more funding institutions in, in the country. Okay. So listen, since you're a clothing brand, I have to ask about this. So, you know, recently or last year, there was a huge um, uh, campaign called the Pay Up, uh, Pay Up campaign, you know, making, ensuring that people, uh, the workers in Bangladesh were getting paid fairly. There was a lot of issues with them not getting paid. A lot of contracts were put on halt. You know, as a company that uh, obviously produces their goods in Bangladesh, how do you ensure that you're the workers that are you know making your products are paid fairly and you know have the right sort of environment you know to work in and things like that so uh the factories that we're working with we are aware of the fact that they are paying above the minimum wage and we do regularly visit the factories and uh, we're we are pretty much aware of the fact the factory they are maintaining the the standards that to make sure that like the workers are treated fairly and uh, they're paid uh, fairly as well. So uh, in terms of making sure that the whole system is, um, I mean the, the the workers are being treated fairly and the system is, we as companies also need to do our part as well. I'm like if we make our payments to the factories on time, and that sort of makes sure that the factories they are also paying their staffs on time as well. So that's one. And other than that, like you said, when you brought up the uh, the point of the pay up movement, so that actually did help the country, uh, the whole sector, the RMG sector in Bangladesh, because until then, the the consumers abroad, the consumers in the West weren't really sure about uh, what's happening in the country. They were only seeing the fancy clothing in the in the air-conditioned stores or online, but they didn't know where it's being made or who is actually making uh, their clothing. But because of like social media and uh, influencers really uh, stepping up, sharing the stories of the country, people in the West who are actually the consumers of the products made in Bangladesh got aware of the situation in the country and 
the consumers, they sort of started pressuring the big giants who were actually making the product. And that actually did help uh, a lot of the fund getting to Bangladesh because a lot of the companies were not actually paying uh, the RNG factories in Bangladesh. What is the minimum wage in Bangladesh? So uh, as of now, uh, I think it's $100 for like the basic skill, okay. uh, the basic skill uh, that you need to uh, have to enter the factory. And I think it has to be $100 a month. Okay. You mentioned you uh, actually visit the fa- factories. That's really impressive. That made that made, made me wonder how many employees does Gurugrash have? Currently, we are a team of seven. No, we're okay. a team. We just seven. We could- as well. Yeah. So we are a team of seven. We have one employee whose uh, whose main job is to visit the factories. But other than okay. that, we we the founders also we also visit the factories from time to time. Okay. Now, what are some challenges that you guys see uh, uh, approaching? The challenges In, where? What? Anything? Any challenges coming up? I mean, the lockdown and uh, the coronavirus situation is definitely a challenge because uh, this time last year uh, it was definitely one of our toughest times because we weren't really active around. Uh, this time of the year last year. And um, it, it was actually a very tough time for us, but we did stay afloat, Alhamdulillah. And this year we are operating uh, to even in the lockdown because the government did uh, allow the online companies to stay active and uh, delivery companies, they are being able to work in this situation. So this is definitely a challenge, the whole pandemic, just like anyone else is facing. Yeah. It's, so how long is the lockdown going to, going to be for? supposed to be till next Wednesday, but they're most likely going to extend it. So kind of a question mark. Mm. How's the vaccine rollout been? I'm just curious. Initially, it's been very efficient in the sense that we had like a very efficient website where people could like, you know, schedule yeah. theirs and get it. However, the most recent news that I've seen is that we might be nearing a shortage within a month, perhaps, because we were getting our vaccines from India and India itself is now in shortage themselves. So, so far, we're just vaccinating people above 40 and uh, people who are in the front line, police work, uh, healthcare professionals and all that. And yes, the government was thinking about uh, going from high risk people to like, you know, lower risk. So yeah, that's how they're going about it right now. Okay. Okay. Hey, go, uh, I'm curious about your customer base. How, uh, how, what percentage of your customers are outside of Bangladesh, if any? There's a very small percentage. Um, I can't recall how much it was. Do you guys remember? So uh, right now we're mainly focusing on Bangladesh, in, in mm-hmm. Bangladesh, but we are operating on Amazon.com as well. Mm-hmm. But it ha- so far it has been just like a, like a one-off thing as of now. We are going to be shipping a lot more products uh, this summer into, into the warehouse. So we wouldn't call it a substantial percentage as of yet, but hopefully by the end of the year, uh, we really do want to step up uh, our game in the United States. Gotcha. Well, listen, thanks for uh, coming on. I, I uh, enjoyed the conversation. I, I mean, I love what you guys are doing. I love seeing young Bengalis starting companies and also employing people. I think that's the that's the thing that gets me excited, seeing people have, you know, working for us as opposed to working for other people, which is great. Um, anything else you should want people to know about, about Gorukash or yourselves? Do you guys have anything in mind? I don't know. I have videos. <laughs> I have videos. <laughs> Something we you guys have a YouTube platform? So what we really do, uh, love doing is uh, we make very weird, sarcastic videos to actually promote our product. So that is uh, one way where we stand out from all the other brands out there. And uh, people really love that. And uh, we really do want a lot more people to actually enjoy our, our content as well. So, I mean, our advertisements aren't like the typical advertisement, like here, this is our product, go buy it. It, mm-hmm. it has some humor to it. it. It makes you laugh. And it and it also reminds you to buy our product as well. 
So, and we love doing that. So, I, I, and it yeah, also reminds you why we are called Guru Kash. Yeah. Very silly. Is that on Instagram or is that on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's on our Facebook page. We share it on all the major platforms. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, we'll share some. Um, but yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck to uh, everything you guys you guys have going on. Thank you for Thank having you so us. much. Thank you for having us. Gotta be honest, with diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah, Bengalis in New York, all over the world, uh, it's the bony show, uh, hey, can you handle this, representing the boroughs where the bangles live, from the slang we spit, to the gangs we with, it doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh, I say, hey, come on, can you handle this, representing the boroughs where the bangles live, from the slang we